early US rate cut expectations are wound back by a stronger-than-expected US CPI figure. The US dollar surges, sending the Australian and Kiwi dollars down. And the S&P 500 is back below 5,000. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And in our deep dive interview, ANZ economist Arundam Chakraborty investigates how a friendshoring pivot by the US away from Chinese imports is pushing up domestic US inflation. In response to friendshoring by the US, China has redirected its exports to nations that are major export partners of the US. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ. US prices grew faster than expected in January, reducing hopes for a March rate cut by the US Federal Reserve. The strong reading sent stock markets down, while US bond yields and the US dollar surged. The CPI rose 0.3% in January from December. That was above the expected 0.2% increase. The closely watched core CPI measure, which excludes food and energy prices, was also a tad above forecasts. ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, says the stronger reading shows US inflation remains unsettled. The Fed is also grappling with a stronger labour market. I think it takes an early rate cut off the table. Uh, the market's still pricing about a 10% probability of a cut in March. And I can understand uh, some people just keeping a foot in that optionality. But I think realistically, the economic data now from the labour market and from uh, the CPI does suggest that the FOMC is going to have to proceed cautiously. It's going to want to wait and see that the data is coming down to levels that are consistent with a 2% inflation rate. And at the moment, we don't have that. Number two, the CPI data sent the S&P 500 back below that key 5,000 level, while a US dollar surge meant the Aussie dollar was trading down 1% at 64.59 US cents, while the Kiwi was down another 1% at 60.59 US cents at 4 o'clock Sydney, Melbourne time. This is because of markets shifting back when they expect US rate cuts to begin. Brian says markets are pricing in a rate cut in June and that he expects the Fed could wait until July to make sure enough pressure is coming out of the world's largest economy. A mid-year cut is the most likely and we've got a July rate cut penciled in. And I think that just gives us time to get a run of data to see that the economy is indeed slowing down sufficiently to deliver the 2% inflation mandate that the Fed uh, aiming to achieve. I don't think they will have anywhere near enough data under their belt by May to begin cutting then. So for me, I think it's a June-July timing and I tend to favour slightly later rather than sooner, mainly because the economy remains so strong at the moment. Number three. In Australia, NAB's monthly business confidence survey improved a point, while business conditions fell to just below their long-run average. ANZ Australia economist Matty Dunk says a lift in cost and price pressures in the survey shows it will be a bumpy road for the Reserve Bank of Australia to get inflation back to target. When they look at price and cost growth measures, yes, they moved up a touch, but all in all, they are moving broadly in the right direction. And I think the RBA wouldn't read too much into that temporary lift in those inflation indicators. Number four. Meanwhile, the ANZ Roy Morgan survey of Australian consumer confidence dipped slightly in the first week of February. However, consumers' confidence about the economic outlook over the next 12 months 
rose to the highest level since the RBA started hiking in May 2022. Here's ANZ Australia Senior Economist Adelaide Timbrell. When people look at the year behind us and compare it with the year in front of us, the year in front of us looks like it's going to have less inflation, it's going to have more wage growth, we're going to see lots of people in jobs, and we might see a rate cut. Number five. In New Zealand, the Reserve Bank's survey of businesses' inflation expectations showed a lowering across the board. ANZ economist Henry Russell says the main measures are still well ahead of where they need to be, with the Reserve Bank picking inflation will be back within its 1% to 3% target band within the next year. And that's not what those inflation expectations say. Given the Reserve Bank's intolerance for any upward inflation surprises and the fact that today's data wasn't a big enough downward surprise to, to change the game, we do think they'll still be hiking at the end of this month. Henry Russell there. Now, in our deep dive interview, ANZ economist Aaron Dam Chakraborty looks at the declining share of US imports from China, from around 22% in 2018 to 14% in 2023. That's as the US locks in greater levels of imports from Mexico and the ASEAN nations. It's called friendshoring. Compared to 2018, the import share from China has risen by over 2 percentage points for the ASEAN region and South Korea, along with significant increases in Chinese imports by Mexico and India. So this phenomenon is also reflected in the change in China's export composition. Its export share of metals and chemicals and transportation products have increased, while the shares of textiles and machinery have declined. Essentially, what we are seeing is China has reduced exports of goods in which it has a comparative advantage to politically less aligned countries after 2018 and is exporting more of those products in which it holds a comparative advantage to its political allies. So how has this affected, for example, those countries in the ASEAN region and how has it affected Mexico? So in 2023, Mexico became the largest exporter to the US, surpassing China for the first time since 2003. At the same time, the share of US imports sourced from the ASEAN region rose from about 7.3% in 2018 to 10% in 2023. Countries in the ASEAN region actually stand to gain the most from such friendshoring policies given their comparative labor costs, easily accessible geographies, and existing trade relations with key developed markets. This is also evident from the surge in manufacturing sector investment in the ASEAN region by the European Union and the US over the last few years. Also, India is increasingly attracting more uh, manufacturing FDI as well, helped by the country's Make in India campaign. How much of that friendshoring is actually driven by Chinese companies who are looking to capture, if you like, some of that movement um, for themselves and to stay in the supply chain even if they're not still inside China? Chinese companies have been setting up manufacturing production in countries like Mexico and the ASEAN region increasingly over the past couple of years. These countries, Mexico and ASEAN, basically have better access to developed markets compared to China. And uh, what we are seeing is China's investment in the ASEAN region's manufacturing sector stood at around 5.4 billion US dollars. This is three times compared to the uh, 2018 level. And which of the ASEAN countries are doing the best out of these supply chain relocations? 
Within the ASEAN region, countries like Vietnam, Malaysia and Thailand are being favoured for supply chain relocations. As of now, Vietnam has been the biggest beneficiary of the French-shoring policy given its low business cost environment, competitive labour cost and free trade agreements with major developed markets. Its import share in the US has nearly doubled from 1.9% in 2018 to around 3.7% in 2023. Among other nations, Thailand and Indonesia have gained a small share in US imports. And uh, what has friendshoring done for wage and cost inflation in the United States and elsewhere, but also through the global supply chains? So the US actually may have reduced its direct exposure to China via imports. However, China has increased its import share among most of the US's major import partners with the exception of Japan and Canada. Effectively, they still have an indirect reliance on China. This has led to a reshuffling of supply chains and has lengthened the distance between suppliers in China and the end customers in the US. So it has been found that the decrease in import shares from China is associated with rising prices for imports from Vietnam and Mexico, which is likely due to a combination of demand pull and cost push factors. Therefore, French-shoring policies that encourage shifts in sourcing patterns away from China are likely to contribute to wage and cost pressures in the US over the short to medium term. Aaron Dam, check reporting there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Wednesday, February the 14th. Catch you tomorrow with a closer look at upcoming Australian jobs figures. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.